Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All my reggae lovers who happen to be dog lovers, I want you to check out Dogs 420 and their line of innovative hemp products made specifically for your dogs. So if your pets need relief from things like pain, anxiety, arthritis, inflammation, mobility issues, even cancer, or God forbid, end of life discomfort, Go ahead and show them some extra love right now with Dogs 420 products like the Calming Crunchies, which are three milligram CBD bite-sized dog treats in different flavors like Asian carp, sweet potato, or peanut butter, or even their shampoo, Soothing Suds, with the supportive blend of dog-friendly ingredients to nurture and moisturize and soothe the dog's skin and coat, protecting against itching, inflammation, dryness, and redness, formulated with CBD, oatmeal, lavender, jojoba, and marjoram oils, plus vitamin E. And that's not all. They also have that liquid, you know, with the little dropper and you put a little bit under their tongue and then you just ride out that storm or take that trip or even just do some grooming. Dogs 420 products are all third-party tested, all natural, perfect for pups with allergies or sensitive stomachs, 100% non-GMO, non-THC, non-psychoactive, and non-wheat. So what you do is you go to dogs420.bigcartel.com. When you're checking out, put Reggae Lover in the notes to get free shipping. And for speedy delivery, also check out their IG. Send them a DM. It's D-O-G-S dot 420. Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Welcome to Reggae Lover, everybody. It's Khalil Wanda, and I'm here with Agard. What up, what up? It's episode 156, and we're recording this in the month of August 2019. It's the last month, last full month of summertime, and uh, well into festival season. We've been talking about all the festivals and goings on in the dance hall the last couple of episodes today we're talking about selecting the art of being a selector if you check the archives this season we already had an intro to sound system culture episode and we had an introduction to sound clash episode so we're not really gonna spend time on definitions today which is great is gonna be more in terms of how to play reggae music how to juggle how to play at a party, right? Yeah, man. So before, um, in one of our shows, we were like bunning out somebody or something. I don't remember what it was. It was um, some of the performers, the recent performers who, when they perform live on stage, it's kind of like they're reeling out tunes. It's like one tune every like 10, 15 seconds. And I believe I made the comparison to nowadays selectors that try to do that rapid fire style yeah so you were like yeah they're performing like selectors now and i was like you know i kind of like i didn't bring it up on last week's show but it stuck in my mind as like 
is this what you know is this what selectors are known for now like selectors are known for and and it's probably true this is what most selectors do now you know they play the song for just a few seconds and then they skip on down the road to the next song um and people don't really get to enjoy the song so i've heard shinehead in an interview and then we all know david rodigan used the same terminology when they said selectors need to let the song breathe yeah i agree with that um i just want to note also that the production has also changed a little bit i think i'd mentioned that when we we're speaking about this briefly um so a lot of artists are opting to have the punchline, quote unquote, the punchline of the song come in real early. Um, I know that back in the days, there was a some type of demarcation between the intro and when the bass would come in, you know, and there was a little bit more of an orchestration, orchestration of music, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to sequencing. Nowadays, it's kind of like a lot of loop-based <laughs> Uh, dance hall going on there's no real bass lines there's no real demarcation of certain things for selectors so i'm not going to put it all on the selectors like if you look at um you know ride ragging king or you know chronic law some of these artists a lot of times the punchline is in the beginning of the song some listeners might not be familiar with some of this new stuff but what just popped into my mind was the Remember the shootout rhythm? If you guys know what I'm talking about, this was like 2009, I believe, when that's that rhythm was out. Is that the one with the with with Junior Reed, the, Michael with, Rose, Michael Rose? Yes, and it's police like and police and thief in a shootout. Boom, 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 and then the baseline comes in, and then the yeah. next song on the rhythm is like Doppi Noah, Oofy Frighten. And then it was like, you know, like all those songs were just like that. Bam, 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 bam. The punchline is right at the beginning. And yep. then you just go on to the next song, you know. Um, so that's what we're that's what we're kind of talking about here. Yeah, good memory. Yeah, man. So I know just nowadays that this is, well, now it's, it's, it's a trend for a lot of the music, but not all of it. But, um, you know, it started a few years back, man. Right. Something else that I think you had mentioned. Man, this is a, a while back, several months ago here on the show. And you, you were saying that one of the main key ingredients, one of the main, main elements that you need to have before you want to be a DJ is you need to love music. This is true. You remember that? Yeah, definitely. And that's why I never, I never criticize people who have, uh, a natural love for music when they start going into DJing or production and stuff like that, because I, I believe that's the foundation. You know, there's a lot of the, the problem, especially in urban music. And I know we're talking about reggae, but I see a lot of DJs, whether they be Caribbean or hip hop DJs or whatever, they do it as a hustle, you know? And when you do it as a hustle, you're just trying to recreate a formula. You know, you see somebody else doing st certain things a certain way and you do it like that because that's the popular thing. You just change with what's popular. Whereas people who take it serious as a career, you know, they know how to go in and out of old, new, fast, slow. You know what I'm saying? They take the crowd on the ride and that's because they know music, you know, versus, you know, you could look at a billboard chart or you can just look at a, a YouTube playlist or a Spotify playlist and download music. That's not, to me, that's not a real love of music. That's just like a hustle to me. Yeah. And you know, I've done a plethora of different types of events, certain types of events, certain genres of music. Downloading a playlist is totally fine. It's very much probably going to be sufficient. You really don't have to know the music you don't have to care, right? But when we're talking about our music, this is reggae lover podcast. When you're talking about reggae music, dance hall music, it's absolutely a requirement. That love is going to lead to that curiosity, which is going to mean that you're not only going to get the latest, newest music, you're also going to go, even, you know, whatever your day one is that you decide that you're going to do this, 
you're going to go in both directions. You're going to go back and find old records, add them to your collection, and then you're going to seek new records and add them to your collection. Yeah, there's a word that other countries and other cultures use it, but it's very important to reggae music, especially when it comes to selecting reggae music. And that's called vibes. You know what I'm saying? And that is the central thing about being a reggae selector. If you don't have vibes, I mean, even the artists, if you don't have vibes, you're dead. You know what I'm saying? But nowadays, it seems like you don't have to have vibes, you know, because a lot of people are used to playlists. But to me, that that's a very important word, you know, trying to create vibes. When you look at like a selector like Firelinks, who's a veteran, who's older than us, till this day, he has vibes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, every time you hear him perform, man, definitely. I just listened to a, a song clash. It was from the early 2000s, and it was Firelinks versus Black Cat. Mm. And, you know, he didn't have a lot of dubs back then. So, you know, in the clash, he's playing all types of music, man. All types of 45s in the mix, you know, just making everything sound just spicy, very entertaining. You know what I mean? Yeah, that reminds me of when uh, Irish and Chin, I think, were dabbling with the 45 shootout. I believe Firelinks was a part of it. And, yo, <sighs> ridiculous. Right. His skills are unmatched. That's the love for the music. And I and I throw that out initially because, you know, that's kind of a foundational thing for me. That's going to lead to the way that you collect your music. If you really have the love, you're going to be less likely to take the shortcuts and go and buy somebody's hard drive and be suffice, you know, just settle with that and be like, yeah, I'm DJ so-and-so. Uh, and you know what I mean? You don't even know what's on this hard drive. You'll be less likely to jump and join some crew pick up their record box or their computer and want to play and um, big up your chest like that. You know, um, I think that that's the key thing that'll lead you down that path of collecting your own, of creating your own collection of records. Right. And nowadays that whole buying a hard drive thing, you don't know what the bit rate, the bit depth, you don't know the quality of the music. There's some people who even don't rip, you know, cause they want the real deal. They want the high quality. Right. Some people will make sure to buy everything. You see these WhatsApp groups now and these guys on social media putting posts out like, yo, who has this and that song? Like, yo, here's my email. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, <laughs> should be a, should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, man. All right. So once you got the love, naturally, the next thing that you have to do is you have to sit and you have to listen to the music because some people have a big collection of music, but they don't really know their box. You know what I'm saying? They still just follow what the next guy is going to be doing. Copy the next, per you know, DJ, famous DJ, big name DJ, just literally copy their sets. If that's what you want to do to get you started, you know what? I'm not even mad at you because you're probably going to sound halfway decent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that can't be like the way that you persist. And that can't be the way that you play night to night, week to week, every time that you appear. So sitting down and really listening to the music, meditating on the music. It's a key elemental part of doing this and be becoming a selector. And we'll I'll get circle back to that, you know, more. I just wanted to put that out there of the importance of listening. Yeah, man. And part of listening is um I wonder if uh, young selectors know this term, crate work. I think that's a very important part of your repertoire. And let me explain to people a little bit what crate work is. So back in the day when we had records, um, we would have to organize them in a certain way to where we they would be readily available. You know, we had segments that we would arrange. But not only that, you had to listen to the record sometimes, even if you knew the song, like you had to work it out, mix it in and out of each other. You know what I'm saying? Put them close together so you know. Like, okay, this could go with that. That was crate work. So when we're talking about the age of Serato and these things, you know, to us, crate work to me is the way I'm organizing things. You know, I'm, I'm going through, even if I'm downloading songs, I'm listening to every song and figuring out, okay, where, where does this fit in my set? You know what I mean? And in the digital age, you can make an infinite amount of crates. You know, it's all, it's all about your preparation. So I know I've had times when I haven't been DJing a lot and I don't do crate work and I kind of tend to go to 
something that I've prepared before that's my standard. But when I've been doing crate work, even if it's older songs, I'm like, damn, I forgot about this. This goes with that. You know what I mean? And that keeps your set fresh. It, it doesn't even have to be new music. A recommendation for DJs that you do in, you know, you do at least four hours of crate work every week. And that's whether you're playing out or not. Yeah, if you're man. playing out, really, you should do about four hours of crate work before you play out each time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Especially if you're a young selector, young DJ, you coming up, you're literally all you are is your preparation. You're nothing more or nothing less than your preparation. That leads me to, yeah, the next thing that, uh, and yeah, you brought, you brought us right there and it's called practice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's got to be the main, I mean, majority of what you do. And this is practice by yourself. You know what I'm saying? You don't need an audience for this. All you need is just you and your music and you putting in the time. Obviously, if you can't mix, then people are going to hear you and they're going to, you know, you're not going to impress anyone. People will say you suck. So you got to get the skill of mixing. Um, how do you get the skill of mixing? Okay. In addition to mixing, let I'll say blending. Because blending, so like so apparently some people, you know, everybody can't do that. <laughs> There's some real... Uh, popular people in different places and different circuits they, if you listen to them you know they struggle to blend records still to this day with serato yeah i was gonna say that's really surprising to me you know full disclosure i put down mixing for about eight years you know what i'm saying when i picked it back up i picked it back up with serato and a computer and i'm not gonna lie to you it took me a while to learn it again and i was using that sync button <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Now, now I, for, I forget th that the sync bu button exists. But really and truly, it, with Serato, like you don't know how to blend that. That's I don't, I don't even understand. It's like the concept you don't understand. I mean, to me, it's just a lack of practice. It's a lack of preparation. You know, you shouldn't be in front of people. You shouldn't be getting paid. You know, none of that. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day where you had no visual representation on a computer screen, all you have is two records. You know, you play one record, you listen to it, you get familiar with the, the, the elements of the music. Most music, um, there's a beat that's a rhythm created by the drum pattern. And usually, you know, music like American music, popular music like hip hop, you know, there's a kick and a snare. Those are the drums. Boop, pss, boop, pss, boop. You know what I mean? So you listen for those and you grab one of those and you stop your record there and you scratch on one of the drum sounds. And that scratching right there is that's like 50 percent of getting to know how to mix with records. You know what I'm saying? So you scratch on a on a kick or a snare. You get the snare, the boop or the tss. if you get the tss, then you're scratching tss, 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 and you just scratch. And then you want to be able to do that back and forth as fast as possible and get that dexterity in both of your hands. So whether your left or your right hand, you can scratch right there and you catch any point of the record, any sound, any word, any um, part of the melody. You should be able to stop the record with your hand and scratch on that one uh, sound. So now in the modern days, if you're not using vinyl, you do this easily by setting a cue point on that sound in your Serato software. And you set cue points. That's the crate work that we're referring to in the modern times. You know, you sit there and you go through every song that you ever intend to play. And you set cue points at different parts of each song. And your cue points should be the parts where you press your hot cue buttons and you release the songs and you can blend them together by adjusting the speed of the records on each side. If you want to know more about how to do that, hit me up. You have to spend hours doing that right there. That's really, that's really it, guys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I couldn't tell you how many hours I spent doing that, bro. Like, because at first, it doesn't make any sense. What I just said, if it doesn't make sense to you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Then that just means that if you're going to be a DJ or selector, then you have a lot of work cut out for you to do before that. It just starts to make sense the longer that you sit there playing around with it. I remember one time I was playing at a party. I think I was, 
I think I was opening up for like an electronic group, but they're also DJs. And one of the guys came up to me and he was like, what's that you're doing? And you know what I was doing? I was going, I was, I was, I was scratching so I could catch the beat so I could match, you know, one song with the other one. They didn't know about scratch. It's like, it's like jump rope, you know, you, you're double Dutch. You're, you're waiting to go jump in. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I, I was confused. I was like, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm scratching to like, you know, until the part of the song where I want to mix it in and blend it. And he didn't understand because he only used like Ableton to DJ. Wow. Wow. I mean, look, that's more of an artist. You know, look, there's all types of DJs. There's a lot of selectors who use virtual DJ. That's a big, you know, (laughs) debate in (laughs) itself, you know, but you know, it's a lot of different tools to make things happen. But at the same time, I'm of the school to where even if you're not going to use certain fundamental things, you need to at least learn them in order to understand the concept. Yeah. I mean, most DJs, whatever tricks, turntablism, scratching, blending, whatever you hear them actually do live in a party, when they're practicing, they do way more stuff than that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, so as a selector in a reggae venue, we don't really utilize scratching, you know, on a general basis. You know, we're not cutting and scratching and, you know, using, doing the turntable tricks for the most part. You know what I'm saying? You very, very rarely hear that. Um, I mean, you know, I could do that. I'll sit here and do that when I'm here in my lab. But when I go out to play out, I'm not doing that. But the thing is the having that skill there, you know what I mean, that you, you could um, I think it just adds to your confidence. It adds to your ability to to perform without really thinking, you know what I mean? To be able to deal with the party, dealing with the energy of the party. So that's just going to bring us into the next part I wanted to talk about, which is selecting. You're called a selector not because of your love or not because you listen and not because you can scratch. <laughs> not even because you can mix and blend. Yeah, exactly. It's an art form right here, the selecting, the art of selecting. And I mentioned it before on the show. The most important thing that uh, makes your set, your sound come across to the people is selecting with a storyline. So you got to be aware of the storyline. Reggae music is diverse. There's subject matter to cover just about everything under the sun from demonic to holy (laughs) from pure to you know gosh the opposite of that (laughs) murder yeah murder you know raw sex to love mental health there's (laughs) food cooking uh growing up yep going to school current current events you know i mean there's a lot there love happiness breakups so you got to select in a way that you're telling a storyline throughout your round with your music. You know what I'm saying? By this, you can go from slow to fast. You can go from fast to slow. The tempos, you know, everything, all those elements go into it. If you're just going off of, yo, I like that rhythm, yeah. I like that song, yeah. Or them chunya lick, them chunya boom. You know what I mean? These are the hot songs that I heard people playing and you don't know. You have an idea what you're doing. You're actually cutting your own vibes. You're hurting yourself and you're hurting the party. I wonder if DJs and selectors nowadays really pay attention to the crowd. Do they even care? Well, it depends on where you're at. (laughs) And so I go out. Obviously, I'm in New York. So when I go out, I would say that with Serato, that's the number one thing that separated the DJ, the selector from the crowd, and specifically the computer screen. I've been I've been a victim of this as well. I have to remind myself to look at the crowd because you're so into it's so right in front of your face that you're looking for the next song. You're lining this up. You're lining that up. You're thinking a couple steps ahead. 
You know what I mean? I mean, it's a little bit different when you're emceeing and DJing at the same time because you have to um, force yourself to look at the crowd. But if you're just mixing and there's no talking, sometimes it's easy just to stay in the screen. Um, so I've seen a lot of that to where people just they're in the computer and they'd never look at the crowd. I've also watched stuff in terms of stuff in Jamaica, especially the more hardcore reggae dances. The MC is really interacting with the crowd a lot of times. The selector, maybe not so much. I guess we haven't really talked about the MC and part of it yet. So let's let's take it there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was going to say real quick before you say that, the love of the music also ties into this whole selected thing as well. Because if you don't have the passion for the vibe, then you won't be able to recreate that vibe. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be like empty calories. Yeah, but you got to understand the vibe, you know? Yes. Like when we, we sat down with uh, Reggae Music Forever, Sean, and he was talking about people that don't understand the culture. You know what I mean? They might yeah. gravitate to one particular aspect or one particular element, but they don't really understand the whole, you know, the culture in its entirety. So I think it would be very hard for somebody like that to be an effective DJ because, you know what I mean? Even if you got really well deep into one type of dance hall or one kind of song or rhythm or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, that's not going to be enough yeah, we see that all day with hip-hop DJs. They think just because they have the latest reggae or something that's popular that that's what makes a, a, a good reggae segment. And really and truly, that's why a lot of them fall flat. You know, they do a 10, 15-minute reggae set, and then it's like, yo, I got to get off this quick. I'm losing the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a whole... Don't <laughs> Hip-hop DJs, a whole different thing that bridging. No, nah, but I'm saying there's, there's people who are quote-unquote reggae DJs or selectors that do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there's hip-hop DJs that kind of do the same thing as well. Lots of them. I think that's also the trend now is you could come out and just play trap all night. I guess maybe depending on your crowd, that might be okay. But And, and that's why I was asking, like, do people care about the crowd? You know what I'm saying? Right now, there's a forward culture that's really become very sickening to me and to people that really know and love the music because that's what leads to DJs picking up the pace and playing the songs faster and talking a lot more than they need to or than they should talking over the songs talking more than the, they're actually playing songs you know what I'm saying because they're in their mind they're trying to they're trying to be the show and it's like the music is a supplement to what they're saying over the mic now I believe when you're playing reggae that you should use the microphone. You should not be a completely, you know, playing without saying anything on the mic. And you have to gauge the crowd that you're in front of. You have to gauge the time of the dance that you're playing. You know, you have to kind of take all these things into into account to determine how much you need to talk. But you at least need to introduce yourself, you know, even if not before you start playing at a certain point when you're transitioning from one mood to another, that's your opportunity right there to interact with your crowd. It's not talking just to big yourself up. It's part of the vibes, man. It's like you're an usher. You're ushering in, you know, a certain vibe and you, you, you're communicating with the crowd. And that's what I was going to say. Like, that's one thing I give reggae selectors a real, real props for it because no matter what type of music they end up playing, they have the you know, skills to navigate people through it to where hip hop DJs, they might need a, a an MC or something. You know what I'm saying? I've seen parties where it's just one dude MCing for like a whole bunch of different DJs. Right. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Walshi, shout out to Nasheen Fire, you know, Noah Power, you know, people like that to where it's like, look, these cats been in business for day, for years and it's like they can select, mix and talk. They have a way of saying, yo, this is where we at. This is where I'm taking you. You're relating to people. You know what I'm saying? It's a conversation. Yeah, it's 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 a party. You know what I'm saying? It's no different than if you were, um, if you're hosting a party at your house. You know what I'm saying? You're going to go around and you're going to talk to people and you're going to make sure that they're feeling good. Make sure that they're having a good time. It's pretty much the same thing 
as an MC on stage or in the DJ booth. And real talk, if if anybody in the crowd has to say, yo, why is he talking so much? I don't care if they're a reggae fan or not. Like, it's it's too much. It's got to be relevant. You know, once again, Mataran, Walshi, Nasheen, I've seen them make three-minute speeches. And everybody's hanging on to the every word because you know at the end of that speech is going to be a relevant song that comes to connect with that speech. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, all right. There, you just said the word connect, right? So that's what, that's the terminology we use, you know, when your speech connects with the crowd and then the song comes in and follows it up and makes, it makes the song make more sense. It makes the feeling or the energy from the song turn up to another level. You know what I mean? It just completely accentuates the vibe. It doesn't have to be a new song. It doesn't have to be an old song. It doesn't really matter what the song is. It's just breaking it apart and just demonstrating your understanding of the song and how to make it touch people in a deeper way. That's what it's supposed to be doing. I'm going to make a connection real quick. I know I like I like to make these weird connections. So we're talking about talking up a tune. That's what we're talking about. To me, it's similar to in EDM music. There's a buildup and then there's a drop. If you look at EDM, trap, whatever, there's a buildup. It's rising, rising, energy's rising. And then there's a release when it, the drop happens, right? There's bass comes in, everybody goes crazy. That's the effect that you're looking for as an MC, you know, on a reggae sound or DJ and reggae. It's that buildup. You're building up with your speech and then the song drops and that's the forward. Definitely, man. I just, I recall a one particular dance is one of the one night stands at Duplex for my ATL people, my people that were in ATL at the time. At the beginning of our round, Peck, like he made this speech where he was talking about people that, were formerly, you know, friends or loved ones, no matter who it was. And he's like, yo, really and truly, I'm paraphrasing here, you know, whoever did, if you have a problem with somebody, you need to go ahead and make amends with them. Now, he used the word make amends. <laughs> you know, Peck would use like some different okay, words. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yo, make, like, make gave this passionate speech. And the song that I had lined up was an acapella of um, Boys to Men. Don't wait till the water runs dry. Jesus. Oh, my God, son. Yo, by the time I played that, yo, people were, like, beating down the wall, knocking on the DJ boot. Yo, big foot. I mean, the record just skipped all the way to the end. <laughs> yo, that just reminds me. Uh, there's a few dances when I was uh, overseas. I think it might have been the Black Chiny one, yo. You know what I'm saying? When y'all play, played alongside Black Chiny, son. Y'all, yo, the energy was crazy. Oh, oh, and we played alongside Black Chiny? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We, we need some of the, that audio, man. So it's like, yo, people need to know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a great time right there in the history of a sound where the chemistry between myself as a selector and my MC Super Pack. I mean, I'll put it up there, even if I had to say, you know, myself, because we knew what each other were doing. Before we played at any point in a dance, Peck would come to me and he was like, all right, where we there? And all I have to do is tell him like the first song. And he was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And that's it. You know what I mean? So if you're working as a part of a team, selector and MC, we talked about this the other day, um, Agard and I, you know, how the importance mm-hmm. of that chemistry. And it comes about from not just practicing together like, yo, every Friday we're going to get together in the basement and you know run through these songs like yo that's cool and all but that's not even necessarily the most important part it's more about kind of like thinking in a similar way you know what I mean and when you're able to do that nothing that you do or say is going to throw the other person off and that's really the key right there you know, you and I, we, we had some outings, you know, we went down to Florida to play out of town and, you know what I mean? It's just the, the process of traveling together for all those hours and, you know what I mean? Hanging out, 
and talking and talking and talking before we go into the dance. You know what I'm saying? It's not that we're sitting there practicing for hours and hours specifically, yep. but just, you know what I mean? Just discussing the game plan, just, you know, running jokes, just, you know what I mean? Just kind of getting on one page and there's something about that vibe, you know? So if you're just flying in to work on a sound and you haven't really been parring with the guys on the sound, you know what I'm saying? Whoever's putting the set together and stuff like that, like, trust me, it shows. Now, yeah, there are times when some certain people are naturals, so they could come around any sound and start writing up tunes left and right and getting forwards. But that's when you're talking like people that are true professionals, you know what I'm saying? Like on that top level, professionals, all stars, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's two, pro- two pros. You could go out there and put on a good show. But if you're coming up and, and building your thing up, you know, that chemistry is very, very, very important. That's a good point as well. Like, look, if if two people are on the top of their game and they're playing out all the time, it doesn't take very much to align them to each other. You know what I'm saying? A great example of that is recently, you know, LP Clash Earth Ruler, right? Yo, the way Killer D was instructing Father Puma, because really and truly, when you have a selector... It, it could go either way. It could be the selector telling the MC, like, yo, this is where we at. This is where we're going. Or it could be the MC. You know what I'm saying? It's it's one or the other, sometimes both. But, you know, Puma lives in Europe. Killer D is, is I think, in Brooklyn. But they know their dub box. They know. He's like, yo, don't mix it yet. Mix it here. You know what I'm saying? He was saying this stuff on the mic. And it didn't distract or take away from the vibes at all. It's like, yo, I know this inside out. I just want you to let you uh, want to let you know this is what I, how I want it. Right. You know and, what I mean? And, and people, we're talking about an arena where there's a big stage, and so Killer D was at the front of the stage, and Puma was several feet behind him, and Killer D's working the crowd, working the microphone without going back and standing next to puma and looking in the laptop like he you know what i mean like he already knows what song is queued up and then he's instructing them from there yeah man and my 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 military people understand this it's kind of like a formation right if you're the head of a formation the crowd is the formation and you're the head of it you're the person addressing the formation you're not supposed to turn your back to the formation because once you turn your back to the formation you, you 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 lose that communication once you turn your back to the crowd you want to spend the least amount of time with your back to the crowd. If you are if you are MC and you have a selector, that's why a lot of times the MC will go on top of something, you know, or he'll go in front of something. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yo, you want to be seen. You want to see your crowd and you want the crowd to see you and there's a communication. You know, these are little things that we kind of learned through, I wouldn't say osmosis, but Nobody ever gave us a class on these things. It's like you you saw what worked and what didn't work. You know what I mean? And what works is, hey, get up on high ground. You have to see me. I have to see you. I'm doing certain things that you're going to respond to. Different venues are going to have different factors when it comes to energy. You know, right here. Definitely. You know, he's talking about where you've got a stage or something like that. Me personally, you know, ideally, I'd rather play on a sound that's on the floor same level as the crowd, you know what I mean? The crowd as close as possible. I'm referring to that as well. Same thing applies. If you're looking at your laptop screen, just like back in the day, if you're like kneeling down or bending, turning around to go to your record box and you, you know, you're going through records and reading labels or reading what's on your playlist on the screen, as opposed to maintaining that eye contact with the crowd and the connection with the crowd. Yo, that eye contact thing, man. I don't know if you ever watched Sky Juice work. Um, Sky Juice from Metro Media. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not just about him taking off his shirt and dancing and stuff like that. Yo, you got to understand, he's performing like a great orator. Like, you know, like any professional public speakers, if you go see them perform, stand-up comics who are really good as well. You know what I mean? The whole time that they're on stage, they're scanning the crowd and they're literally making eye contact with people. They're talking to you with their eyes, with their gestures. Yo, I remember Sky Juice had come to Club Hollywood one time. You know, it's a small venue. You know what I mean? 
um, I was hanging around like side stage, and yo, it was it almost like freaked me out, yo. Like the the amount of times that he like looked at me, <laughs> you know, say like deadlock eye contact, and you know what I mean. But he was kind of just doing that with every single person, giving you a little smile, giving you a little one on one, you know what I mean, vibe. Um, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, and and, and Trooper is the opposite of that. He finds somebody in the crowd to make fun of or intimidate or tell him to get their hands out their pocket. He did that to me once too. Oh, <laughs> uh, funny. But yeah, the point is that yo, they're getting everybody, the crowd involved. You know what I'm saying? Get the crowd involved, make an impression on them. Another thing that I noticed too, a lot of sounds that I saw that could juggle have the crowd going you would see the selector and the mc like bobbing their head and having fun the selector bounce i saw that yo i saw that with bass odyssey bass odyssey you know what I'm oh my gosh um, just watching them I, yo you just have a good time just watching them work yo yo big up uh supreme from atl yep supreme was a big sound for that you know what i mean like yo just having fun. Supreme was amazing, yo. Similar with Squingy. Squingy would be smoking a cigarette, have the have one headphone on one ear, have the microphone in the same hand with the spliff while looking through the dub box while talking. Right. Put the dub on, you know. And he's cracking ridiculous. jokes. He's like, he's yeah. not missing a beat. Like if the vibe changes, it's like period, full stop, pivot, change to something completely different. So this is another important, huge part. Just because you have the crowd going right now and people are dancing, that doesn't mean that they're going to keep dancing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to watch. You have to feel that energy. Yeah, the crowd can get burnt out. As things, yeah, as things start to break up, you have to know when to stop and switch it up. Don't be too proud. Don't be too locked into what you planned to do to stop and switch it up. You know what I'm saying? That's a very, very, very So this goes into thing. some of the And it yeah, takes this, balls. this goes into some <laughs> of the science of selecting, right? I've done this and I've seen it done. There have been times when a segment has gone too hard for too long and most of the crowd leaves after that segment is done. It's not that they didn't enjoy themselves. Yep. Yo, you just burnt out the entire crowd, dude. Like, and that's why they're tired. They're satisfied. Yo, I got to give props. I know I know, we're talking about selectors, but I got to give props. I've told you this before. I got to give props to Diplo. Because when I see Diplo play, it's up and down. He's going up, bringing it down. Going up, bringing it down. That, to me, is the mark of a veteran DJ. You know what I'm saying? A veteran selector. Because I guess we got to talk about this, too. A lot of what's going on nowadays in the States, I don't know if it's in Jamaica, Yo, so many DJs select the sound system on dances that even if it's a juggling dance, it's like you're only getting 15, 20 minutes. So what does that do when each person who's playing or each sound system that's playing only gets 20 minutes? Everybody is going to try and, you know what I'm saying, put the, the pedal to the metal. For the most part. I mean, yeah. you have some veterans that, yeah. you know what I'm saying, like big up niggas. You know what I'm saying? I've seen him work a crowd to where it's like, all right, you know, we're going to go back here. We're going to big up Steely Bashman. You know what I mean? To where yeah. Steely would say, yo, all right, y'all can play all that new stuff. I'm going to kill this right now with 80s and 90s. But what I'm used to, and I, look, I'm not the generation where it was hour, hour and all this and that. I, I got the tail end of that. But I'm saying, you know, at least a half an hour, 45 minutes. You know what I mean? But that's up to that's up to the promoter. I, I get it. The, I get it. Whoever. But what all I'm saying is that parties that's changing. That. Right. But that's changing the face of how how selectors do things. You got to blame the promoters. And I do blame. I think that promoters have a very important role to play in that whole thing and how, you know, how, how the party goes and how satisfied the patrons are. They should are. be curating because a night, now, a lot of them are not curating. Well, a lot of promoters don't have the love that we're talking about and they don't know the music. So, you know, they couldn't tell you what's good from what's bad. Some of them don't care. So that's a problem. These are the people putting the dances on 
I mean, that's a fundamental issue right there because you're not putting the right people on the stage or in the booth. Um, and now we live in an age where the crowds are following promoters as opposed to following sounds or following DJs. You know what I mean? It's like, so people care more about who's throwing the dance versus who's playing. Which is dance. not a bad thing if a, if it's a good promoter that you know you could put your trust in. But I think what have, what's going on nowadays are, are the antics of, yo, this, this person is the money man, this person is connected, you know what I mean? And it doesn't end up being about the party. It doesn't end up being about the music. It ends up being about what you got on and how many bottles are at your table. Right, right. How many times the girl with the sp- sparklers holding a bottle up in the air to draw attention is coming over? How many bottles is she bringing in and what bottles are popping? You know what I mean? That's what it's become in a lot of places. So us here sitting here talking about music and vibes, you know, it may be irrelevant for a lot of you guys. I hope not. This is the Reggae Lover podcast. So we hoping that we're talking to people who love to go to a concert, love to go to a festival, love to go to a party or a lounge or a club and hear music played. Even, you know, even if it's a street dance, a house party, doesn't matter, right? Word. It's all about the love of the music. As selectors, this is very important to us. We have social media now. You get to go back on Monday morning or Sunday morning, whatever it is, and read what people write about parties that they attend. And a lot of times I hear the women complaining about some of the things that we're talking about. Oh, he is talking too much or they didn't let the music play long enough. I mean, I think those are probably the two main complaints, bro. Yeah, man, it's it's there's a science to it, man. I talked to Weber on here. Talk to Weber about how I met my wife at a party at one of his parties. And he's telling me like, yo, six, seven other men tell him that, yo, they met their significant other at a Weber party. You know I've met saying? some people at Weber like, parties. How does that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, those never, those weren't the wife material. Nah. Them, but, but the thing is, you want a, a vibe where, you know what I mean? You're attracting the right kind of people. You're attracting people that are going to mix it up and have a good time, be able to dance, you know what I mean? Mix, mingle, and enjoy the night. Now, if a young man is going out to find a young lady, have several dances, you know what I mean? On the dance floor, and then maybe take a shot, you know, take a shot, try to get some numbers. The key thing is you have to play music in a way that people can dance with one another. A man and a woman should be able to dance. Like when I was in the clubs week to week, that was the main, like that was the thing. Like guys used to come to a Highlander session because, yo, they know the girls are going to be there. The girls are going to be in a good mood. The girls are going to be having fun. Always follow that sound there because, yo, I got my best shot anywhere else in the city. I got my best shot <laughs> by going where these Word, guys and, and we telling them, yo, um, girls, be easy on the guys, yo. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And and just create that vibe for dancing. You know, now it's more about getting a forward. Now, you can sprinkle your forwards in there, but you just can't get a forward every song because that breaks up the energy. The energy is supposed to start out from nothing, from zero, and slowly build, you know, like foreplay, get the juices flowing, get the warmth in the party, get the energy elevating. Till it reaches to that point where the dance busts. Now you could get a little bit more hardcore and you go, you go hard and fast for a while, but then you read it. <laughs> when it starts to dip down a little bit, you stop and you restart the dance. Restart the dance. This is your opportunity now to play Chronics and Janine and Itana, you know what I mean? Play Taurus Riley and Jacure. Play those slow singing tunes. Have the people salute a Tony Rebel or a Buju. Have the people grab a girl and the first chance to do us, you know, have a slow wine. Big people in the dance, older people in the dance. They're going to show the younger guys how to do it. At this point, you know what I'm saying? 
and they're going to enjoy themselves. And then you gradually, you pick the pace back up again and then you take it and then you go to a fever pitch and you race wild pitch, you know what I mean? And you get your forwards and then you boil it down again and restart it again. And so if you're a DJ and you're playing with other DJs, that's the benefit of coming to the dance early so that you can hear what the guys before you played because they're not going to be able to play everything by the time it's your turn. So you play your set based on what they played or didn't play so far. This is coming from the days where we had a thing called no playback tune, no playback songs. Like don't repeat the same song that the other guys played already. Don't do it. That used to be a rule. Now it's like, all right, somebody plays from 12 to one. Somebody plays from one to two. Somebody plays from two to three. And a lot of places, the dance is over at that point. Facilical Garrison plays Countryside, whatever, you know, might go on later. Somebody plays from four to five. Somebody from five to six, right? So everybody now is fascinated with being the star. They don't want to come early. They want to show up with a laptop right before it's their time to go on. They have no idea what played earlier. So now they're going to play the playlist that they had prepared, which is the same playlist they played last time or last night. And it happens to be the same playlist that the guy that played right before you played at least half the songs. And it's just like the worst kind of parties. You know what I'm saying this is the type of party that's happening like over and over it's like, what's the point in going out to hear that? Dude, I've seen parties to where I've seen DJs also get embarrassed trying to chase that. But um, I had a question for you. Yeah, man. What effect do you think this this money pull-up thing is having on the way that selectors select a dance? And do we need to explain what money pull-up is? We probably should. Yeah, well, explain we've explained forwards pull-up. before to where it's like, you know, if a, the crowd likes the song, they'll give it a forward, they'll ball for it or whatever, and, and just... The, the DJ or selector would start over the tune. So now what's happening in dances, you know, it's not only in Jamaica, it's all over the world now <clears throat> when it comes to reggae music where they like the song, they're giving the DJ a tip. They're dropping a tip on the turntable or on the mixer to pull it up. Put some money in your hand so you play that song, stop that song and play it over right. again. And we've heard uh, people criticizing certain selectors, especially down in Jamaica. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a telethon, you know what I'm saying? It's like they're, they're begging for money <laughs> forward, you know what I'm saying? One, promoters should pay the DJs, pay your talent, so they don't have to look for money pull-up from the crowd to add to their pockets. Two, it's an inorganic forward. The forward is coming from whoever has yeah. money. It could be one could person. Be a whack-ass dude who doesn't have any type of taste. Right, or it could be the artist or the producer of that particular song, or somebody influenced. And by now, their what's camp. happening too is so like the person. It's a form the of person payola who gives the money the pull up. Now, I've heard this a lot. <laughs> now they want to grab the mic and give shout outs. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's real big in Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? Why? I tell you what. Damn, we sound old. I don't son. like it, bro. A forward is supposed to be like the only way that you should pull up the tune is if an overwhelming majority of the crowd is going bananas. They're going absolutely crazy. The roof is about to blow off the building and they're making noise. They're shooting. They're burning fire torches. You know what I mean? Like, it's that much energy. And that way, when you stop the song, you still hear the forward continue. You should be able to hear the noise continue until it actually calms down and subsides. That's a forward word. If that's not happening, don't stop the music. Yo. Nope. You got more work to do to generate. Sometimes, a yo, I respect the selector who says, yo, if I pull this up right now, it's going to drop the vibes. Like what I got coming next. You know what I mean, they, they, you know, some selectors don't take forwards or, or certain forwards on certain tunes because like it, it, they need to continue the continuity of of the vibes you know what i mean listen to stone love for the juggling um sounds like bass odyssey if you could find a cassette with like travelers sound called travelers even renaissance you know what i mean renaissance always had a good vibe a little bit more squeaky clean you know what i mean brand of juggling right there who else 
In terms of juggling, I don't know. You you mentioned my uh, a lot of my favorites, like King Addies from a certain period when it was Babyface and Mataron together. You know, what I mean, they put on. Oh yeah, of course, Afrique. Afrique. Study Afrique from back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, boy, you might have to ask somebody else, you know. Still Stone Love, though. <laughs> Still Stone Love, Steely Bashment, Super Twitch. Um, Actually, you know, like, um, big ups to DJ Polish, Wicked Juggler from New York, Um, when he's working with Noah Power, Seafood, Seafood Tuesdays, and um, DJ Kareem, Landmark Sound, um, their Ultra Sundays event down in in south florida wicked wicked juggling and they usually invite good guest sounds and yeah big up rum and bass yo down in miami coil taco so all right you know we touched on some of the things man i didn't really get to go into the whole you know what i mean the energy and thing like that but yeah you know what i mean yeah early warm super important super important to get into the place walk around the whole venue so you know what the sound is like at different spots in the place you know what i'm saying get different vantage points, see where all the pockets of people are, take a look at the people in the dance to try to read them, try to see who you're dealing with. And then also just observe how they react to what's being played all night and use that to formulate your round when it's time for you to go on. If you're the early person and you're playing early and it's kind of empty, then you have to keep your own vibes up. You have to make your own vibes and it's up to you to start things off. So don't be all bored and don't be that guy that doesn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, I on love the job. To, to to do the early warm, yo. Love it. If that's your role right now, I, I only my suggestion is to just mix it up a little bit so that you can kind of test out the people. Don't be afraid of the singing tunes. Don't be afraid of lovers rock. Don't be afraid of roots and culture. But especially lovers rock. Yo, the ladies will love it, man. It's not getting played for them enough. So, your woman, why you do not air guard? You say you want you want audio for play upon nice up radio. So, I forgot to send me some audio. I mean, I think so. You got to send me no audio for go play. So, coming up, I hear some tunes on niceupradio.com. Remember, each and every Monday, we hear live with you guys noon to one o'clock Pacific time on the East Coast. It's 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Shouts out to all of the listeners and please love, love to hear from you. Email podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up about anything that we have said or failed to say on this or any shows. Let us know what you want to hear in upcoming shows. Kick the feedback. Kick it, you know, keep it real with us. For bookings, of course, hit me up. Same email address, podcast at gmail.com. And you can reach Khalil or Agard that way. Also at Regular Lover Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to get in contact with me on Instagram, that's at A-O-A-G-A-R-D. That's at A-O-A-Guard. Look out for the Reggae in the Park Festival coming up at Piedmont Park August 10th and 11th featuring Highlander Sound, Cartel Sound, Wulipa Sounds in the building, Spraga Benz, Wulipa Artists and Bands. Don't want to miss that. One of the biggest festivals of the year right there in the heart of ATL. Check out bregate.com for more information. Of course, you know, you can hit me up directly. For booking of Highlander Sound, 404-552-0492 or email reggaeloverpodcast at gmail.com. Visit Highlander Sound on the web at reggaelover.com. Follow at H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D-A on Twitter. Follow at K-A-H-L-I-L-W-O-N-D-A on Instagram and like Facebook.com slash Highlander Music for more information. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Stephens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole, film crews that were down filming him you know all the members of the whalers he's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows he put all this information into a book what's so great about it is it just immerses you into the experience quoting 
Pita, Bunny, the incidents happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley. And we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. And there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. 